How do you judge the sanity and morality of an immortal being that has lived for over 40,000 years? Let's find out. Now, whilst it's true I may have a face for radio and a voice for modeling, I do have a PhD in military psychology and an unhealthy interest or relationship with Warhammer 40,000. And as such, I have decided to subject you beautiful people of YouTube to my incoherent ramblings. So, sit back, relax, have a drink, and enjoy, as we delve into the murky waters of the God Emperor of Mankind and ask the question, was he evil? Where do you even begin to judge the Emperor of Mankind? How about his mental health? But what do we do? Hand him a mental health screener? Question 1. Have you had any feelings of low mood or depression in the last 4,000 years? Well, the burning of the Library of Alexandria and the subsequent loss of 90% of human knowledge was a bit of a low day for me. Question 2. Do you ever have any reoccurring intrusive thoughts from the past? Well, the day AI descended onto humanity and burned entire planets into molten lava, throwing us into an eternal age of darkness, that sometimes keeps me up at night. Question 3. Have you ever had any thoughts of being sent here to fulfill a prophecy or serve as some kind of messianic figure sent by God to fulfill a destiny? Well, there was that one time I peered into the warp, saw the forces of chaos and realised that if they breached into our galaxy, they would descend onto entire planets, possessing people like demons. And then, of course, I became aware that in order to prevent this from happening, I had to sit on an ancient technological psychic projection device shaped as a golden throne to guide humanity safely through the warp in a desperate attempt to save humanity before chaos wipes us out. My point here is pretty much axiomatic. The Emperor of Man has had experiences inconceivable to any living person. There is no normal pattern of behaviour to measure him against, and no way to know how humans would be expected to behave and think after living for 40,000 years. So that method is out. We're going to have to take another approach. So let's break it down. There are two basic discussions surrounding the God Emperor of Man. The first is his motivation. Is he a benevolent emperor or a malevolent tyrant seeking godhood? The second question is, did he commit fatal errors which plunged mankind into an eternal war? Or did he single-handedly save mankind from the existential threat of chaos and xenos? Let's make this argument relatable. Remember when you were 18 years old and you thought you knew everything and judged everyone and everything through your own righteous lens. I do, and it wasn't pretty. But I thought everyone else was either jaded, stupid, or ignorant. And it's meant to be that way. All young adults go through this stage as a way to develop. It's been this way since one ape bitch slapped another. And it will continue to be this way when we are floating in spaceships and have computers built into our brains. But soon... That time ends and you hit, I don't know, 25? And you begin to become aware of your own ignorance, lack of experience, and are trying to find your place in the world. 
And then you hit 30, and it happens all over again. And on and on it goes, until you realize you really don't know anything at all. Well, now, imagine that times 400. It's probably more than 400, but if I was good at maths, I would have gone to medical school. But you get my point. You can't imagine it. No one can. And speaking of trying to articulate your decision-making to a mortal, imagine living 40,000 years and trying to explain your thinking process to someone 30 years old. Grumpy old man syndrome won't even begin to cover it. Let's try this. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who thinks they know the subject well? But within five minutes, you realize they are so far behind the knowledge required to have this conversation. It's going to serve you no purpose to talk to them in that moment. Because it will literally take them years to go through the self-development and learning cycles to get there. What do you do in that situation? Do you nod, smile, agree and walk away? Do you try to correct them and get frustrated and then walk away? Or do you roll up your sleeves and spend the next six hours breaking down the fundamentals in the hope that they will go away and continue their education on the subject? And let's be honest, how many people truly walk into a conversation looking to have their mind changed? In fact, when was the last time you had an opinion and changed it like a flick of a switch because someone else made sense? That skill set takes a lot of practice and the quietening of the ego. What I'm saying here is I'm surprised the God Emperor talks to anyone. It would be a very lonely existence. And as you can see, this video is quickly going to blow out into tangents. And if we're not careful, it's going to become the length of a Luton video. But suffice to say, the damage and changes that would happen to a brain being that lonely or that traumatized or that depressed, they are not to be ignored. The closest comparison I can think of in fiction, and no doubt the Emperor of Mankind was inspired by, is Frank Herbert's God Emperor of June, the fifth book in the Dune series. In this novel, the God Emperor of Man, Leto Atreides, has a considerable amount of dialogue with those closest to him. In these pages, we learn a considerable amount about his inner mindset and behavior as he attempts to explain his motivation, cognition, and actions to those closest to him. Like the God Emperor of Mankind, he has created a dystopian, tyrannical dictatorship, a theocracy, or whatever you want to call it, in order to protect humanity from an existential, external threat. His dialogue, which is intentionally dramatic, is fueled by frustration, low tolerance, and angst. Much like a grumpy old man trying to explain the good old days to his 17-year-old grandson wearing earphones and hair covering his eyes. But God Emperor is trying to explain something which even the wisest and most loyal amongst his council will never understand. So at this stage, you might be asking yourself, at any point during these unhinged ramblings, do you plan on orbiting a coherent point? Why yes, hypothetical listener, I do. And that is, can we truly judge the God Emperor as a good or a bad person? And my answer is, yeah, I think we can. Because ultimately, when you analyze good and evil and all the gray in between, the person's intention is less important than the implementation of the plan. Let me explain. The truth is, the most compelling archetype villain is not a puppy-killing, I-hate-poor-people-let-the-word-burned cartoon character. They are characters like Thanos from Avengers Endgame. 
What made Thanos a truly great villain was that he escaped the clutches of the moustache-twirling two-dimensional cliché villain. Instead, the writers managed to achieve something that appeared to elude most other superhero movies. They held up a mirror to the audience and showed us someone who we could relate to. In short, they humanised him. There is something deeply uncomfortable about this that the writers have tapped into. Could any of us, given the right circumstances, become monsters? Putting someone in a slow cooker of pressure and time, can a dose of the right ideology, a dash of messiah complex, and a doubling down of one's own hero journey create a perfect storm that history will qualify as evil? Thanos' goal is to end suffering across the galaxy. His ambitions are noble and pure, larger than himself, one he is willing to sacrifice everything for. This is perhaps the first telltale signs to us that something is wrong. You see, in order to sacrifice everything, others must have to pay a price to achieve his vision. And unfortunately, this will come at the very small cost of billions of deaths. However, what made Thanos compelling was that his plan was fair. He does not discriminate. He is not governed by emotions such as hatred or bigotry, at least in part one. What I'm about to do to you stubborn, annoying little planet. And enjoy it. He is governed by one simplistic rule. 50% of the galaxy will be cold so that the other 50% may thrive in peace. And even if we don't agree with his logic, we understand that in his own twisted way, this makes internal logical sense. His hero's journey is about the greater good. He wants the stones not for world domination, but to carry out his final solution, despite the cost to himself and others. However, this is where the cracks in his veneer appear, as they do with any genocidal maniac. And we get to the heart of the matter, the Messiah complex. Once Thanos decided he was the savior of the galaxy, and his thinking was elevated beyond what others are able to comprehend, he began that downward spiral which has led leaders in our own history to conquer entire continents, wipe out civilizations, and commit atrocities all in the name of the greater good. Thanos has a cross to bear. This makes him, in his mind, noble. Social psychology has led to some disturbing and yet fascinating revelations about human traits and human behavior that goes way beyond mere good or evil. Most of us will and can perform horrific acts given the right circumstances, ideology, and personal torment. This is what makes Thanos, in many ways, very relatable and very human. And this is what makes the Emperor of Man no different to the rest of us. And because of that, I believe we can pass judgment. The Emperor may very well believe he is in a race against time to save humanity from chaos and a Xenos threat. He believed that if he did not create a dictatorship empire, which censored and eradicated all religions and independent states, but did not comply with his imperial truth, mankind would be exterminated. And maybe, in a fullness of time, say a hundred thousand years, humanity may survive, and even thrive. But at what cost? What will be left of humanity? And how many trillions suffered and died? And frankly, at that point, are we even a species worth saving? How far do you zoom out when deciding if something is morally and ethically okay? Now, I know what you're thinking. These are very big questions for a very mediocre psychologist. But I have to say, the blame is 50-50 here. 
you chose to watch or listen until the end of this video. So in conclusion, yes, we can make a judgment because his actions, not his thoughts, or his internal logic, or even his motivation, are inherently bad. It's how he chose to create a dystopian, eternal nightmare-fueled dictatorship in which most human beings will suffer immensely. This is what we can judge him on, and we should. Thank you for listening. Please, don't like and subscribe. You will only encourage me. If you like this video, please consider checking out my partner channel, Tales from the Warp in which we delve into 40k lore in a manageable and easy to access way, making it visually exciting like a motion graphic novel. Enjoy!